Welcome back to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film, Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Watchmen Minute. And I'm Dave Forsyth from, uh, I don't know, let's say Rock and Roll High School Minute. And I'm Father David Mowry, chaplain of the Movies by Minutes community. Yes. <laughs> All right. Father David uh, as our guest and, and, and Dave as our co-host. Father David, it's you know I've, I've talked with you several times over the years now. <laughs> We've even guested at the same time, I think, on a show or two. And I think this is the first time. I don't think you were on Watchmen or... I did like not have the pleasure of uh, discussing deconstructionist superhero stories with you, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I'm finally glad I got you to be able to be on, on, this, uh, on this one. Well, a pleasure to be here. Thanks yeah. so much for having me on. Um, and Dave, Dave is a returning, returning guest now, co-host. I forget if you're a guest then or not. There's no real responsibilities, so. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I don't think I've uh, done anything different. Call. Yeah. <laughs> if you had had that privilege um so this is a uh, minute 58 here this week and it's starting with russell finishing drinking a beer with acid in it and ends with the partiers cheering for russell and probably one of the most striking things we hear right away or we hear is you know this 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 primal yell from deep purple uh with their song burn um and and we're seeing uh Russell, like as I as I mentioned, uh, finishing drinking, chugging <laughs> this, uh, you know, w- w- what we have nowadays is a red solo cup. But this is a they are, they were calling it last minute. This is supposed to be a you know this is a red cup and it looks pretty much that way. It kind of looks like it has a little flowery thing on it too. But also significantly bigger than modern red solo cups. Yeah, yeah. yeah both of these cups that he's holding. Yeah, he, when 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 he was told that the that the red cups with beer also have acid in it, <laughs> um, by by this guy <laughs> that's standing there um, with his hand out, um, you know, he, he at first he looks down at his white cup. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, this is white. <laughs> it's like his first, like you know, it's it's weird that you'd have to look down to figure that out, but uh, he, he immediately grabbed it, started chugging, and. You guys get to fe- see him finish. Hand it back too, nice, nicely, you know. But then he kind of gives a little nice, nice uh, slap punch to the guy's chest. And that he communicates a lot in his yeah. opinions of Topeka, like right at that moment too, because all he says is Topeka, right? And he slaps the guy in the chest, and he, I, I, it's it's hard to tell like exactly what he's saying there, it, like. Yeah. In just the little intonations, you can you can feel the sort of um, the that he's thinks he's finding the authenticity that he's looking for from the youth yeah, of right. Topeka, right? Like he's like mm-hmm. Topeka, like like you'd say like <laughs> that's a solid group of humanity or something. I don't know. It, this is where you gotta... can get real good beer with acid in it. Like <laughs> you have acid in your beer. That's real, man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now I, I confess, my high school was, uh, well, my high school years. That is, we're we're pretty boring and tame. I wasn't, you know, 
pretending to be an 18 year old uh, as a journalist following a, a mid-level <laughs> band around the greater United States and the parties that I had when I was in high school well, that was mostly of the Dungeons and Dragons variety <laughs> yeah. so uh, when I heard that there was acid in the beer like okay I know this is a drug thing but everything that I've been told is at first you know you don't do drugs but secondly you don't put the two kinds of drugs together is this a thing that actually happens I, I confess that I am I am young and innocent and, and unschooled in the ways of the world world and i'm just i'm i'm horrified i had the idea that someone would think to combine a depressant and a hallucinogen in the same container yeah. well well it's this kind of kind of major continuation of the old <laughs> kind of party trope of you know uh spiking the punch bowl with right alcohol <laughs> um and, and and that's that's something i, I would even convince confess that i'm awfully sure i haven't even ever had happen to me or, or done done myself done done the spiking myself nor aware that it happened at any kind of party yeah i mean i've definitely seen people mix their substances at parties um generally not in the same cup like that but um i've i've seen it done my my high school uh parties were you know i don't think any uh more exciting than yours but um you know later in life i think i saw parties where there were multiple substances being passed around so mm. it just shows his rock star experience he shows no fear and slams yeah. that cup back i do like the sort of mixed concern uh the the comedic beat that comes from from william asking people to not give him any more acid and then saying, <laughs> thank you. Like his, it's very much, uh, he's very reminiscent of his on-screen mother there. I think mm, yeah. um, the only example of parenting that he's had, he has yeah. nothing else to draw on as a, as a guide to follow in this instance. Yeah. It's, it's, it's his reiteration of the don't do drugs or don't take drugs or whatever, what exactly her line is that, she uh, yells out the car window, but, you know, that's, that's William's version of it. It's a little late, but... Now, William is, is now stuck in the unenviable position of being the responsible friend because he's been sucked into this... Not Well, maybe that's not the right word, but he's he's gradually being drawn into this friendship with Russell specifically. And he's now in that awkward position where he doesn't feel like he's cool enough to party, but... He also isn't good enough friends with Russell to tell him to, hey, man, knock it off. Stop it. Let's go home. So he's in this awkward middle ground where he has to try and manage everybody else to try and keep his new friends safe. So he has to be he has to play the part of the wet blanket. <laughs> yeah, I, I was definitely going over that uh, the last minute or so um, with with uh, those guests uh, from a week or two ago um, that, uh, you know, and, and, and explaining, hey, I mean, I myself have taken the role at times, definitely not all the time, it, throughout college mainly is the b big bulk of my partying experience. But, um, you know, and, and, and I don't I don't even find it as, as the person we had on last week, um, actually, uh, Alan Sanders, he, he was making a great point that, um, you know, you know, it's not it's probably not a good thing to indicate, uh, you know, that, that one needs to, one needs to imbibe in order to, uh, have a good time at a party. And I certainly, I feel like I had plenty of good times. 
while remaining pretty sober, if not totally. <laughs> Wonder how Lester Bangs would have treated this uh, this situation, Ooh, yeah. right? Like he certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't have been friends with uh, with Russell, but would would he have? Uh, encouraged this bad behavior to get a better story. Like, if mm-hmm. if uh, if Russell had died driving off of a well, we'll talk about that later. But if Russell had died at some some version of this party, you know, would it what? How much better of a story would it, would that have been for him? Yeah, I think I think uh, yeah. When we get to that, uh, it's it's more likely that Lester would have been <laughs> uh, more in the camp of. <laughs> Everyone else besides William, seemingly. Yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let me let me if if we're kind of moving on a little bit, just um, just like like I said, that what really kind of starts out this minute for me, um, uh, Deep Purple. Do either of you have a take on Deep Purple? If you have any previous experience with with listening to any of their songs, I mean, I mean, as as we said last minute, you know, I mean, the the, the big one, the huge song for Deep Purple is "Smoke on the Water." You know that's Father David. If since since we're in the green, I think room, I've heard of that song. Over, yeah, we're going over the uh, <laughs> the four bands, <laughs> preparing you for that uh, aspect later in this episode. Hopefully, um, uh, yeah, that's yeah. You 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 think you've heard? Dun, 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 yeah, yeah. Dun, no, I'm I'm kidding. Yes, I've 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 heard that song. Yes. I I wouldn't have been able to tell you the band that performed it. Oh, however, okay. yeah. yeah, that's a new one well, on that me. That is the same band that you hear. Well, it's. Now. Yeah, I was gonna say it's roughly the same band. I think I think it's entirely different oh, yeah. members, but yeah, that's very possible. Because that this is definitely Coverdale era. Uh, so there, you, there, yeah, Father David. There's so many lineup changes for this band. They even go into this nomenclature of Mark One and Mark Two and Mark Three for, for all oh these. Oh my goodness! And, I mean, all up to like seven or eight, if not more, maybe even. Um, I've seen. Wow. Uh, it raises the the ship of thieves question: how <laughs> how many members of the band change before it's an entirely new band? Right, yes, <laughs> that is a good point. But yeah, I don't um, I don't have a lot of opinions about Deep Purple. Um, I it's always been one of those bands that just kind of like hangs out in the background of my classic rock knowledge. Like I I know they're there and I know some of their mm-hmm. songs. And I, I clearly know that David Coverdale was in it at one point, um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's not um, it's not a band. I don't think I've ever bought any music yeah. of. And if someone said, "Hey, Deep Purple's playing, let's go see them," I'd be like, mm, "I'm okay." Yeah, yeah. I, I I personally have one hand me down for my dad uh, album of theirs. The um, the uh, I, th- I think it's uh, the Book of Taliesin. And it's and it's kind of that you know, mid '60s, mid you know '67 ish. You know, yeah. I think is when that comes out, and and it's it's got some, definitely some more folk folky psychedelic versus this kind of more speed metal that I think we're hearing a little bit speed metal ish <laughs> kind of feel to it. Uh, the songburn, um, and and then besides that, you know, just you know, picking up from the library, you know, like a best of or even like a box set, even it might have been if I if I recall right, and giving a good listen or two to that and join. I think Coverdale was sort of an early seventies addition to that band, right? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what listeners, I know that free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. 
through the Pantheon Network and this show, Almost Famous Minute, at Adam and Eve, you get to select almost any one item for 50% off. And then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Just make sure you enter offer code AFMPOD at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. You can get a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And on top of all that, you also get six free spicy movies. Yeah, that's right, movies. I know you all like movies because you listen to this podcast about the movie Almost Famous. Finally, you also get free shipping. That's right. Can't do better than that. That's AFMPOD, AFMPOD at adamandeve.com. Just type in AFMPOD at checkout. It's all happening. It's all happening. Um, And there was even a, uh, speaking of what we're going to come up with, what I'm going to bring in uh, here in just a moment, uh, there was even a a very small snippet of a deleted scene. Just, it was just, you know, really just two words and and one of the, or they they were both uh, the, the, at one point uh, members and maybe of the Sarah, maybe, maybe, maybe Coverdell is just a little bit later because it was uh, uh, Russell saying, he was saying, you know, like Jagger, uh, Richards, or, or making Keith, I think, yeah, is the way he put it. But but then when the, for the deleted part, he mentions to the two, you know, main, you know, roughly main, the the, the at least as, as far as like lead singer and guitar lead guitarist, um, Blackmore and um, uh, Gullen. I'm thinking it might be Keller, but Blackmore is the one that stands out for me, Richie Blackmore, um, as the member of Deep Purple that. Uh, is mentioned should you listen or or, or that is uh, watch um, and listen uh, to uh, the untitled uh, the- uh, director's cut, which um, brings me to what happens right after at the end of this part where William is asking for everyone at the party not to give Russell any more acid. Instead of cutting to what uh, you guys are are aware of, um, it cuts to. A, a really looks like a garage <laughs> you know it's there's even there's there, there's definitely like a you know workbench and stuff in the background and and a fridge behind william and, and this when it cuts over between these two two really quick uh uh, uh shots um it's uh russell and and one one party goer <laughs> um in the garage actually doing the kind of garage band thing a, a bit jamming out uh as well you know i guess uh I guess garage bands jammed out in the garages, but they also, I think, laid down some tracks sometimes and practiced plenty. That's for sure. Um, but but the crazy thing is, Russell is on the drums in this little, very quick snippet. Um, and then it, it's and it's an okay sound. It's very, it's kind of weak, especially from the <laughs> this 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 one uh, party go part party goer um, playing a guitar that's. It's not it's not being amplified very well or the, the right distortion not 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 very good distortion technique <laughs> effect is, is is being applied. Or really we expect we expect more from the musicians of Topeka, Kansas. Yeah, right. Yes, exactly. Coming from such a venerable line of garage band musicians, really they should have this distortion thing figured out already, especially since Russell Moore can drop by at any moment. <laughs> Um, and then, like I said, it just you know, cuts over to William taking notes in his little, little, uh, little flip notebook thing. Very, very quick, just like three or four seconds, probably is all it takes mm-hmm. 
So it's 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 a worthwhile cut, especially you know maybe since it's it's possible maybe there's some kind of rights to whatever kind of song might be being played, being being poorly covered, or maybe it's maybe it's maybe it is an original by this kid party goer. Well, I think the uh, the comedy from this scene, like I think this minute is is probably packed with the most amount of jokes yeah. per minute in this movie. Wow, yeah. But, uh, you know, the, I think the quicker cuts between <laughs> seeing Russell take the acid and seeing the effects of it. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, then the very next thing yeah. that, that you guys are aware of is is uh, the cut to back kind of to the living room and, and Russell is doing the, the kind of pogo dancing <laughs> with no one else doing it. <laughs> you know, everyone else is kind of doing a more of a, the sway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I actually noticed that from the from the uh, shot with William at the doorway, the girl that's behind him there is actually the girl that's in front, somewhat in front of Russell, trying to dance with him while he's he's pogoing. Hmm. Yeah, she's kind of got the, the grayish, mostly grayish dress, but this white thing oh, in the yeah. front with the white colors, white col- collars. Which uh, Father David, you know about white collars. Um, <laughs> Yeah, mine don't look uh, like that though. I think uh, she looks a lot better in that collar than I would. <laughs> it's got a it's got a retro look going on. It actually looks what, what it reminds me of is the the thing that you know the, the the funny guys in you know TV shows and movies would wear underneath a jacket, you know, a blazer jacket. Mm. They would wear you know like just just this partial thing of a shirt with the collars a dickie <laughs> yeah, just going a down front. so far with a tie you know that's known as a but, dickie but no sleeves oh it is mm-hmm. is that what a dickie is i never knew what a dickie was <laughs> yeah i'd hear about it and it's like is that what is that what are they talking about okay no, not that um and 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 the song was playing here it's it's pretty quick it, it sure does cut away but it's kind of more in the background after i think when it cuts over to william but it's uh it's it's one of the still water songs it's uh one of these uh made up just for this movie songs uh probably mostly by peter frampton a good bit also by uh nancy wilson um at the time cameron crow's wife mm. um member of heart um uh you know I've, they, they worked a lot together i think to to create some some decent songs but this is probably one that's that's i think that's probably you know good that they kind of had it at this level without you know no you know without it being used on stage like the couple other times that we've had that happen right it gives it a little more um it makes it feel more more in the zeitgeist of the 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 time right like that there would be Mm -hmm. kids listening to it apart i mean sure they may have put it on just because the guitar player from their yeah. band was there, but uh-huh. still it's on. Somebody owned the Stillwater album at that house. <laughs> well, you would hope so. They invited him to come to the party. <laughs> yeah. And they were there at the concert, right? Yeah. Some of them anyway. Yeah. I think that's the idea back from those minutes. Uh, when, when they kind of, yeah, get brought over to this house party that the guys that pull up in a van were, were just at the concert that, uh, Russell and William were leaving uh, the backstage from. Do you think maybe Russell brought a box of records with him oh, to try yeah. and sell? Like, here you go, kids. Give me give me six bucks or whatever an album cost. And... Hey, you're very real. And your money. Your money is very real. 
Why don't you show me how real your money is? Here, I'll t- I'll take it, and you can have this record. What size? What's your t-shirt size, kid? <laughs> they got a whole box yep. of t-shirts they got to unload <laughs> yeah. now. Well, that's right. And and William does have one with him. <laughs> oh yeah, right. In his bag, he, he mm-hmm. stole he stole that the the one that was displayed on the chair. But uh, yeah, and that that's the thing though is that uh, clearly uh, uh, Russell couldn't bring anything like that. He, he clearly was carrying carrying nothing with him walking down the street. But um, so so we hear, you know. William with a little bit of a voiceover, you know, saying, Dick, Dick, I got him. You know, that's, and that's their manager played by, uh, Noah Taylor. Um, we don't hear any back like you often, you often might. (laughs) Yeah. Even though you have very (laughs) subdued. (laughs) Who called who in this situation? Yeah. I was thinking about that. Cause how, like the, the, if, if William called Dick, there's five minutes of, you know, him calling, you know, whatever hotel they're staying at, trying to track yeah. him down and blah, blah, blah. And if Dick called William, like, that's a whole other... How that... in the world did he find him? Yeah. Dick is the new Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> of Topeka, yes, it's, Kansas. It's not It's not the current the current day way, way we get in touch with each other with uh, cell phones. That uh, This is a land, what, what is known as a landline, kids. What are those? <laughs> Something that sailors use, I think, right? To call back to home? <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. It must It must be that William called Dick in this scenario. Yeah, I would think but, so. But, but the I got him line makes it seem like the other yeah. way around, that Dick is actively looking for Russell, and Ooh. he had the brainwave to try and track William down. <laughs> what if William called and actually did talk with someone else though first and then told and told them what number that he's at okay and so then dick calls back yeah like left a message saying i'm with russell mm-hmm. here we're at this house this is the number do, 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 is he still there do you have him yeah i got him yeah. he is on acid though <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> oh this this poor kid well, it certainly wasn't his mother that he called to tell that he's at an acid party in Topeka. Well, maybe that was the first phone call he made. He did promise her two phone calls a day. That's, that's true. And maybe it's, you know, either it's the first phone call of the day because it's after midnight or it's the, you know, her, his last possible chance to get it in before the clock ticks over. Right. Well, I mean, was, I mean say it's 11 p.m. Yeah. and this is the first phone call. So, she, mm-hmm. so he says, um, I'm going to hang up now and call you back. Yeah. <laughs> like this. Make us uh, have the uh, got 50, to. 59 minutes to call you back. Yeah. Um. So William's great. You know, like like you were mentioning, Dave. The 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 jokes in this minute. You know. Uh, William saying, "How do you know when it's kicked in?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, that edit. Mwah. That oh. is a perfect edit. Yeah. This movie. This movie is full of those kinds of cuts, and I love it for it. It's it's one of my my favorite cinematic jokes is the Gilligan cut. Like, oh, there's no way I'm wearing that dress and you know, dancing the hula, and then hard cut too, wearing the dress and dancing the hula. Yeah. So so what we are talking about is is very much something that uh, you know gosh is in the trailers and is used and everything, and I even used it at the end of the show. <laughs> uh, this uh, the little bit of audio of of of. Uh, Russell exclaiming, I am a golden god. From the uh, top of the roof of this house, uh, above a pool, 
So, gee, I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a similar note, but I think it might be yeah. for, for, for later. But yeah, like no, no one climbs a roof that near a pool without the intention of jumping. <laughs> Certainly not if you're a rock star. Oh, yeah, no. Um, he even repeats the line. Well, the crowd's going nuts for yeah. it. Yeah. We got all all these teenage kids eating out of the palm of his hand. He's playing to a very uh um raucous audience, you know. He know he knows who's there. Right, I'm surprised at how organized it all is cuz it must have taken him several minutes to work his way up to the roof and someone had to go inside the house and get everyone outside. Yeah. Gather them all around the pool. Yeah. Yeah, and there, there's not a clear, you know, the way you might get off, get up on roofs sometimes, you know, is actually like a lower roof, you know, with, uh, you know, some structure, you know, to the side of, 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 a, of a roof that's like above a, of a garage or something, you know, mm-hmm. a window with a window right there. Um, so, yeah, the, definitely the uh, maneuvering, it doesn't seem like that's the case. I don't see, I don't feel like I see anything. I've seen anything else nearby in any of the shots. Whoever told all the kids to come out and watch Russell jump into the pool yeah. was smart enough to turn on all the floodlights, yeah, right. turn on the lights in the pool, and I mean, not clean the pool, but that's good. you know. <laughs> well, you got Russell Hammond on your roof. You gotta yeah. make sure he's well lit. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, you know how how important is is it to clean the pool if you know if it's the fall that'll kill you. <laughs> is, is, is it the sub, mm-hmm. subsuing death or, or subsu, uh, subsuing uh, disease from any <laughs> any uh, well, you, uh, awful bacteria? You could choke on a leaf, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! It's it's whatever happens to your skin after mm-hmm. you're inside that water, because oh, that pool looks nasty. There's all kinds of things growing in there. Ugh. Yeah, it's not just that it hasn't been like swept of debris. It it definitely has its own ecosystem going on in there. <laughs> now that might be the uh, title for the episode. <laughs> um so and William says uh hey Russell, don't jump, okay? <laughs> it's like, "Oh yeah, right. That's going to do it." <laughs> Asking Perfect. him not to jump. <laughs> Problem solved. You the one you the one person, everyone else. Now that's that's another thing though is is that uh you know I, I've said I've talked about everyone seemingly wanting him to jump, but there's some shots though when when it's uh, from Russell's you know just behind Russell's point of view, especially like way over on the left. There's like one guy with uh, with a white t-shirt on, and his hands in his pockets. <laughs> so it doesn't seem like he's doing much of the clapping or yelling. <laughs> well, it's a high school party. Everyone's yeah. I mean, like a full two thirds of the audience is probably too cool to like even look at anyone else. So. Oh, yeah. whatever. I could climb a roof and yeah. say I'm a golden god. That's not such a big deal. <laughs> this famous rock star guy. I jumped off of that roof three times last summer. <laughs> no one made a big deal about it then. Whatever. I'm, I'm the one that gave him an, the idea of going up there. Yeah. <laughs> I told him how I did it last summer. <laughs> I mean. W- do you think Williams I saying like don't jump? I mean obviously that didn't give him the idea of that, right? I mean no, like I said before nobody climbs up there. Yeah, right. With the It's like the old uh you know the like fake taboo about 
not asking a, a depressed person if they have a plan to harm themselves, right? Oh, Russell's might... the one talking about last words, so yeah. I think Russell's yeah. got it in his head that he's going to do something incredibly stupid. Yeah. I think that's probably true. Well, and that's that's something I wanted to say about uh, about Golden God. You know, it almost seemed like that could have been his last words, but then he continues talking, and he's talking about, <laughs> you can tell Rolling Stone magazine, my last words were, so he apparently really doesn't want he thinks that those aren't those aren't good enough to be his last words. But why does he use the phrase "my last words"? Though I mean, does does it does this seem like a a life ending moment for anyone? I, I guess I don't. Or does he mean my last words on this topic are? You know, it doesn't. <laughs> it's not really the the vibe he's giving off, but. The last thing I have to say about being on this roof is that <laughs> I'm on drugs. Yeah, exactly. And Rolling Stone needs to know about it. No, well, we hear uh, in future minutes he when he's being cajoled to come back on the tour that oh no, the band's over. So he's he's in this mental state of coming to terms with the the band not being this cohesive unit of the, the the tension and the conflict and he's got this idea rattling around somewhere in his head that his his world is over he's looking for something more real something of substance and that's coming out in this talk about last words maybe mm, sure yeah yeah it could be his last words before he quits the band Fully and fully and formally quits because mm-hmm. <laughs> cause it would would almost seem like you know they left on some bad terms and so forth. But there is that sensation, yeah. Um, the uh, the, the the party goers definitely really love that <laughs> possible last words of "I'm on drugs." <laughs> and uh, it, and it's funny you... how you you know yeah. you you say something that stupid and it's going to get such a big reaction from a crowd of people around you that that rings true from my experience of high school it was always the person who had just done the bold thing to get everyone's attention and it was just always a hoot when they said something really dumb <laughs> i thought you were going to say rings true from being on all these movies by minute podcasts <laughs> People, no, people I wouldn't say that. Stupid. This is all intelligent conversation, Eric. Exactly. This is yeah. highly sophisticated commentary on the cinema. <laughs> well, I do think that Billy Crudup's acting job, um, uh, acting of a, as a person on mind-altering yeah. substances, is really pretty great here. It's it's much more subtle than your than like your W. C. Fields uh, red-nosed <laughs> drunk or your. Uh, you know, your hiccuping Jack Tripper kind of um, thing. I, I think there's a lot of um, motion and and um, pantomime that he's doing that, that indicate a, yeah. a big lack of inhibition and his, yeah. some vocal intonations that he takes when he says, Rolling Stone magazine. And, you know, when he says, I'm on drug, it's, it, it, you know, it's clearly different. Like, this is not the Russell we've seen before, but it, it's it's not super subtle but like it's i think it's i think it's well done it's not it's not campy and over the top even though it is he is standing on a roof proclaiming himself a golden god but it's 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 some it's some movements that are uncool i think you know that are uncool but you know by him doing it it makes 
<laughs> yeah, cool. I, you know, I don't yeah. know though. Like the, in this minute, one of the notes I made is that Russell <laughs> equals huge dork. <laughs> William is cool, not not in the rock star sense of cool, but in the sense of keeping a level head, not yeah. being swept cool, up. Cool, calm, and collected. Yeah, cool, calm, and collected. But but Russell's been kind of a dork. Yeah. In this yeah. minute, you know the the jumping around and spinning while he's on the dance floor, uh, you know making those big exaggerated hand motions uh, while he's up there on the roof. Dave, uh, the thing that as you were talking about uh, Billy Crudup's acting here it reminded me of uh, going through uh, some some workshops when I was doing theater in high school, and and one of the the materials we had to read uh, to read said the reason people get drunk in a play is for one reason only to lower their inhibitions that is why those people drink as a character in a show because the uh, in narratively speaking in terms of drama alcohol and drugs and those other things are in there in order to open up new avenues for the characters to explore to to find a way to get over any kind of emotional roadblock or something else that's going to prevent a narratively interesting dynamic to come about. Unless the the story is about the struggle with addiction itself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. So in, in when the story is not about addiction itself, in this case, it's just showing Russell kind of having a bit of that rock star coolness stripped away a little bit uh, as he's having this mini cri- existential crisis as he's looking for reality in Topeka, Kansas. Uh, we see him as kind of a doof. Well, and how many other minutes do we see him stop himself or criticize himself for thinking he said too much and, and bottling up? And yeah. here, you know, <laughs> clearly he's crossed that line. So, yeah, that, that's that's really what... what and, uh, and, and having really nothing to say. Oh, yeah. Well, that's I'm a good point. Drugs. All of his inhibitions are gone, and that all he, that's all he can say. Yeah, State, yeah states the simple <laughs> fact that it's obvious to everyone. <laughs> well, that's authentic. That's what you're in Topeka for. <laughs> Not to, you know, further exacerbate the uh, urban-rural culture war that we all seem to find ourselves in, but, you know, I, I don't know how cosmopolitan the the city of Topeka is. I mean, clearly the appeal of partying with teenagers would wear off on uh, on Russell fairly quickly but he he's certainly living the life right now so just soaking it all in yeah. it was what was incredible to me as I've looking at all the crowd shots these the the actors they got do look like high schoolers yeah it does not look like a mm-hmm. crowd of 20 somethings like oh yes they're all in high school of course like no these these look like babies as you know, a lot of high school kids look to me now as the older I get. I realize, oh, man, did I look like that? Did I look like a little kid? Oh, no, I wasn't as cool <laughs> as I thought I was. Especially this uh, this uh, one kid they they cut to uh, over this, this minute times. and the next one. Yeah, with the long hair on either side yeah. and the round face. So I, he's pumping his looks... fist with a cigarette in, in this minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, well, he's the great one that, uh, you know, I think for next minute that uh, gives a pretty good expression <laughs> and, 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 and reaction, you know, to mm-hmm. Russell's second try <laughs> at uh, last words. No, he's, he's pretty pumped about uh, about I'm on drugs. You think that's yeah. pretty rad. <laughs> I think that maybe that kid might be on drugs, too. <laughs> no. 
Probably not. Yeah, and he was definitely in earlier scenes, too. He was, like, one that was sitting on the floor listening to Russell. Mm-hmm. Rolling down Highway 41. And, and, and William, we end the minute with William saying, Russell, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think we'll come back next minute. I think we'll... <laughs> I think, therefore, I am. He's yeah. getting all Cartesian yeah, on exactly. him. He's trying to confuse him with philosophy. <laughs> have you, uh, have either of you ever heard um, any of the comedian Bill Hicks do his bit on LSD? No. Not on LSD, but about LSD. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I am, I am not familiar with the work of Bill Hicks. Well, he he was a proponent of um, the psychotropic substances. To I believe the phrase he used was squeegee his third eye um but the there's a a bit that he talked about uh about some of the the reasons that people would tell their kids not to do drugs were things like they tell them a story about a a person who took acid thought he could fly and jumped out of the you know 30th floor window um and his his lesson from all that was that the person who takes acid and tries to fly from the top of a building is kind of a dumbass like you know the ducks don't take an elevator to the top of the building to to try and fly. They 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 take off from the ground. It's like so if you know the the people who take acid stay on the ground and try to fly from there are the people who you know get the the benefits of of uh, you know expanding their horizon their 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 you know whatever. There's um, you know what I'm saying expanding their thingy, right? Mm. <laughs> um, thingy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it's it's the uh, the people who think that they have to fly from the top of a building, like say, you know, a garage or a pool house or whatever, uh, in this instance, that are doomed to failure. So he, it's much funnier when Bill Hicks says it. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, do either of you have any more thoughts before we move on to the next part? Nothing for me. Oh, you can tell uh, Rolling Stone that uh, my last words were, uh, those are all my notes for this minute. (laughs) (laughs) No, Father David, don't jump. (laughs) Okay. Oh, all right. Thank you. Well, uh, uh, definitely uh, something last we need from you, uh, Father David. Um, uh, As I mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago, um, the four bands that are considered to make up the band Stillwater Mm. um, are uh, Almond Brothers... Eagles, Led Zeppelin, and Leonard Skinner. Are you are you gonna? I'd like you. To, I'd like you to rank them, please, for your mm. own personal take, uh, whatever you might know or not know. <laughs> and and are you gonna go from favorite to least or least to? Uh, I'm I'm going to rank them in in order of uh, overall familiarity. Um, <laughs> so because I so most I, most familiar. Yeah, from most from most familiar to, to least familiar. As I was mentioning in the green room, most of my familiarity with classic rock comes through listening to uh, my parents revisit the rock albums of of their high school and college years, which falls right in this yeah. 1970s era. So uh, I was very familiar growing up with. Uh, bands like Boston and Steely Dan and uh, other uh, standbys of that era. Um, so the most familiar band on this list is the Eagles. Uh, had uh, a lot, a lot of time I spent as a kid listening to Hotel California because it meant something. I didn't know what, but it was just so 
important. Um, that I remember listening to that a lot and listening a lot to Desperado. Um, then next would be Led Zeppelin, and Led Zeppelin was something I appreciated as I got older. Uh, here in Chicago, we have uh, a classic rock station, The Drive, uh, WDRV, and I went I, when they would play songs, they would have a minimal commercial presence. So they would have these big blocks of music. And in doing that, I, I heard a couple Led Zeppelin songs and appreciated um, the influences of uh, the blues that they brought back into their music. And I could hear the musicianship, especially in uh, the, the, uh, the guitar lines and, you know, found that to be really engaging i never listened to any of their albums just what i heard on the the classic rock station um then leonard skinnerd and almond brothers band are definitely names of bands that i've heard before (laughs) but i'm hard pressed to to come up with any music um yeah and they're they're the two that are the considered uh you know southern rock you know, not okay. country rock so much. Eagles is definitely more country rock, in my opinion, is the way I've I've always kind of thought for mm-hmm. quite a while. But uh, southern rock, meaning I mean, definitely, 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 with Almond Brothers, a bit more blues. But, okay. Um, and Leonard Skinner leans on the southern part <laughs> a bit more mm-hmm. than Almonds do. But so how, how does their yeah. sound compare to to Creedence Clearwater? Is that oh, I'm more familiar with? That's not a bad comparison to make. I mean, it's. I think Credence has that more garage band feel. Okay. Um, whereas now, now there's definitely one song Credence song that I love. Uh, that's that's the the jam the jam song. That's the the cover. Um, um, uh, Grapevine. I heard it through the Grapevine mm-hmm. of theirs. But um, you know, and that's but but that's definitely what Almond Brothers. Almond Brothers very much a, very much a jam band of the Grateful Dead and Fish variety kind of. Yeah, that, I think that's a good description if you sort of um take the uh grateful dead and you know dip them in chicken fried steak batter yeah. <laughs> um, mm, sounds delicious yeah that's you get the almond brothers and and skinner they just have those uh there a couple of their goofier songs i mean one one i definitely i, I hear it on radio I, I just love i just love it it's it's so corny but but there's definitely the the bigger ones that are um you know, very popular and are yelled out at concerts. The Freebird, you know, but the the Skinner song I was starting oh, to mention. Oh, they're the, the Freebird uh, band. Yeah, right. Oh. Is uh, the, the the Give Me Three Steps? You know. Okay. So. All right. Okay. So yeah, I've heard a couple of their songs. Yeah. I just I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to name them <laughs> as being done by Leonard Skinner. It all comes together here. Yet another reason why I was not a fifteen-year-old journalist uh, following a rock band <laughs> around the country. If you were a 15-year-old journalist, what would you have been covering? Oh, boy. What would 15-year-old Father David have been covering if he was a journalist? Because I did flirt with the idea of being a newspaper reporter. I think as a lot of kids do because there's something romantic about getting after the truth and getting the story. Um, I would have been happy to... I try my hand at anything uh, just to have a chance to have a platform and to, and to do some writing. Um, 
what was always interesting to me when I was 15, I was really fascinated by, uh, by literature. Um, I really enjoyed my, uh, English classes and, uh, was always trying to write poetry or short stories or something. Um, so as a, as a journalist, being able to interview authors and writers would have been really interesting. Um, same thing with theater. I was, as I mentioned, I was really active in theater when I was in high school. So to, to do, Reviews of plays or shows would have been uh, really fascinating. Um, the The problem would have been my crippling social anxiety. Uh, <laughs> I, I would have been, if I had been in the situation that William is in in this minute, I would just be a total mess. I would be a puddle on the floor uh, because I would have been so hyper aware of the unusualness of the situation and just constantly thinking about what could go wrong and... Uh, been completely useless as not just a responsible friend but as a human being in that situation mm. <laughs> I would not, not have been as cool and collected as as william is as he's saying don't jump yeah yeah he he, does, he really does do a pretty good job at you know trying to keep things together and not go too far off the rails but mm-hmm. but he does kind of fail at that though too <laughs> as, as we are seeing <laughs> here at the end of this minute and definitely into the next one or two. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's, it's uh, a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, uh, your your take on stuff there, Father David. I love that. Um, and uh, uh, at this point, uh, you can I think you can both uh, do some quick plugs, and we'll definitely get find out more from you in the following minutes. But uh, David, if you'd like to go first, Dave. Oh sure. Um, I I would say uh, come find me uh, mostly on the Facebooks uh, for Rock and Roll High School Minute. Um, search for for that, and we've got a a group called Hey Pizza that's out there. If you want to join and listen, the podcast is not publicly available yet because I'm terrible at scheduling things. Uh, but um, it, it should be available soon if you're interested in uh, the cinematic life of the Ramones. And you can find me at my website, fatherdavidmowry.com. That's M-O-W-R-Y dot com. Uh, I have a section there that has all of my uh, podcast appearances on the various Movies by Minutes shows. So if you want to hear me uh, hold forth on uh, Star Wars or Indiana Jones or the movie MASH or Mean Girls, uh, boy, have I got some episodes for you. Yeah, that's been great uh, hearing hearing uh, you both on uh, a variety of shows, guesting on, and and hopefully hopefully one day you, you can uh, get your own uh, movie by minute show going, maybe. Hmm? Uh, who are you talking to? Because that that could well, apply to that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I know I know Dave has his couple. I, I'm working out. on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> He's doing. No, you're yeah. doing a great job, Dave. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, because that's that's the only place I've heard you, Dave, is is on <laughs> guesting as well on, on the other shows and guesting with you. There you go. Um, as well as being a guest on uh, one of my other shows, uh, Feels Like Weezer. You're on that a bit. Always a good time. Yeah, appreciate. It. And um, and and actually, Feels Like Weezer and this show are both on the Pantheon Podcast Network. You can find a bunch of other uh, great uh, uh, podcasts about rock and roll. Um, on that network at pantheonpodcast.com. Um, and I think I just want to uh, point out, uh, you know, if you have any, uh, anything more private that you want to send into the show, uh, you can contact me via the almost famous minute, uh, email address at almost famous minute at gmail.com. 
Um, and of course, there's always Twitter and Facebook, and you can private message those possibly <laughs> at our various uh, social media locations. Um, so yeah, thank you both, uh, Father David and Dave, for being on. Uh, hopefully, you can make it back for uh, next week, uh, minute fifty nine. Oh, absolutely. I got to see Russell climb responsibly down from the roof yes. of this building. I just need to know if everyone's going to be safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Safe down here on the ground. Yep. Um, so thanks so much. And we'll be back uh, with Minute 59 next week. Until then, it's all happening. It's all I'm on happening. Drug. Oh, wait, no. It's all happening. Sorry. Crazy. Yeah. I am a golden god! Yeah! It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.